Hello, my fans, friends. Welcome to the Rich Terring podcast feed, powered by ACAS Plus. Thanks to everyone who's come to see the Can I Have My Ball Back tour so far. It's been going really well. I've got a four-star review in The Standard, four-star review in The Telegraph, who once called me the worst comedy experience of the year, so that's a turnaround. Uh, people have been coming, people have really been enjoying it, and it's getting better and better. The only gigs this week are both in Pocklington, the town I was born in, near York. Uh, there's a couple of tickets left for the evening show and a few more tickets left for the matinee, I think about 4.30. But love to see you there, Yorkshire. Pop along, check richardherring.com slash ballback slash tour or richardherring.com slash gigs to see if I'm coming near to you. There are tickets left for nearly every show in the tour. I think Norwich has sold out. Uh, and a couple of gigs in London could do with your support as well. Anyway, please listen to the podcast. Do spread the news about the podcast to your friends. Listen as much as you can. Numbers are slightly down, which may affect the future of this podcast. So just leave it playing, even if you're not in the room. Love you. <laughs> now sit back, relax, and enjoy whatever it is you're going to listen to. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, my finest of friends. Welcome to the Richard Herring, Rahalastapa, etc. feed. Thank you for listening to my podcast. We're powered by ACAS+. If you join them, you can get all sorts of wonderful extras. For as little as, I think, sort of £2 a month. But if you get £5 a month, you get everything. And there's lots of bonus stuff there that I think you will enjoy. Um, do come and see Rahalastapa on tour, richardtaining.com slash Rahalastapa. But for now, um, let's have a retro Rahalastapa. We are going all the way back to sometime in the past. I think for the first appearance of my friend and fantastic stand-up and brilliant flatmate in Edinburgh for many years, Sarah Kendall. I know you're going to enjoy this. She's gone on to terrific success since this. She's a very, very talented writer and performer and actor. Wow. So please sit back, relax and enjoy this retro Rahalastapa. Spread it around to your friends like herpes if you enjoy it. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Leicester Square Theatre. Please welcome a man who might be wearing a pyjama top. We can't, I can't quite work it out. He's Richard Herring. Thank you very much. Thank you. 
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to... You're much better than last week's audience already. Because there was hardly any of them. So, uh, welcome. You didn't want to see me interview myself for some reason. So, uh, welcome to Rich James Leicester Square Theatre Podcast. I was actually... Um, I was at uh, Take That concert. Uh, and the, uh, the young kids there, they, they were talking about all the teenagers at the Jack Take That concert. They called it Rehearsal. So, it's... Uh, oh, this one's catching on. Uh, so... Uh, yeah, I've, uh, I was very nearly a film star this week because I, I was showing off before. And when I say very nearly, I did an audition for a film that I clearly didn't get. They, didn't, they haven't got in touch. They told me I haven't got it. But it filmed yesterday. So I'm, I'm guessing. I'm, not, I'm guessing. I'm taking that as a kind of hint. Uh, I uh, tweeted uh, yesterday. Uh, Twitter has gone really fucking... It's almost not worth going on Twitter. Every time I tweet something, I think, shall I tweet it? Is it worth the storm of idiots who are going to come in and not understand that that was a, clearly a joke. Uh, when the day, yesterday, with the Guardian had printed a, an open letter written by a mother to her 10-year-old son. I don't know if you saw it, it was on Twitter. A lot, there was, a lot of people were tweeting about it. It wasn't uh, specifically naming her son, but it was complaining that he wasn't very grateful for all she'd done for him, which was a bit churlish. I don't know. Actually, if, you're, if you've got kids, they behave like twits. And, uh, I, nearly said something, I nearly said something really rude and then changed it to twits. What's happened to me? Uh, they behave like cunts. Uh, so uh, it's what I thought. I don't know why that didn't come out. Uh, and you've just got to put up with it. And when they're about 45, they'll go, oh, yeah, that my mum was actually trying to be nice to me. Now I get it. Uh, so I tweeted, open letter to my eight-month-old daughter. Stop shitting yourself. <laughs> It's undignified and disrespectful. I don't mind, but come on. Uh, and, uh, you know, I sort of assumed... I thought, well, some people won't get the reference to that and they might be a bit confused, but they, they surely they'll know I'm a comedian and also that that's clearly a joke because my daughter's eight months old. There's not really much point in writing an open letter to her. She isn't even on Twitter, even if she could read. Uh, it's... Uh, I got, uh, I've just gone down a bit, but there was, uh, let me see if I can find it. There was some really uh, stupid uh, responses uh, on here. Damn, it's moved. Uh, and uh, uh, someone said, uh, the first person actually came on and said, to quote John McEnroe, you cannot be serious. Uh, <laughs> which I kind of sort of, is a, just shows how stupid they are that they think that's worth saying. But also, I, I tweet back saying, no, no, I'm, I'm not. I'm not serious. <laughs> It's, it's a joke my daughter can't read. And she's like, you know, she's probably going to shit herself. Uh, uh, someone else said, do you think, I know this is a joke, but do you think it could lead to serious issues in future life? No, I don't think it could. I mean, if I was... People getting really angry going, come on, she's eight months old, give her a bit more time, and then maybe she will... People genuinely... I mean, how stupid are people? Do you get to the stage where you just think, oh, maybe I'll just check the context of this and just maybe... I'll have a just step back and think for a second. They're just waiting. So I'm kind of furious about that. Uh, but, uh, look, we're going to crack on because we've got uh, lots to get in today uh, and uh, two fantastic guests. I mean, sorry, just one guest and then next week we'll have another fantastic <laughs> guest for next week, obviously. Uh, and um, our first guest today is probably best known uh, for her appearance on the sketch show Beehive. Beehive. That's why we're all here to find, yeah, to find out all about Beehive. It's Sarah Kendall, ladies and gentlemen. Here she is, Sarah Kendall from Beehive. I won't fish them a bit ill. Oh, look how excited they are. Look at their excited little faces. They were, they were so amazed know. to know it was going to be you. That I they pity couldn't... the next act. <laughs> They're so fucking excited to see me. They couldn't even... Everyone's already looking at their watches like, how long... Eddie's here when? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but, you know, 
What do you remember about Beehive? We'll get out of the way. <laughs> I remember it just... Uh, it, nobody watched it. Oh, I watched what, one of them. One of them? That's about, yeah. yeah. you my friend. It was a bit of a catastrophe, I oh. guess. I don't know. I mean, it was a while ago. What was it? it was on, like, BBC Three or something. Was it? it was like E4. E4, same thing. It's worse. <laughs> You're not going to get on again with that attitude. I know. Oh, God. Don't skate... Do, yeah. Does, it just, does anyone know what he's talking about? The, the sketch show? There's that not a single does, that, person. That man does that. That man went, yeah. And he's sliding down in his <laughs> chair. <laughs> you see, the body language was like, it was like he didn't want to, yeah, kind of, yes, I, yeah. But did you, you are, like it? Did you like, did you like Beehive? That is exactly, that, exactly that. <laughs> that, <was> like, <laughs> this, yeah. that. I mean, you couldn't just say, yeah, just, just, you can yeah. just go, yes, I liked it. Just not lie, even, you couldn't just lie. Not even in front of 400 people. <laughs> To cut me some slack. No. It was all right. There was good people in it. And you were in it as well. Oh, fuck off, Richard. It's a terrible start. It is. I always do that. I always do you? Do, yeah, I always do that. Don't yeah, right. Okay. Uh, Are you so, going to do that to Eddie? I am going to do it to Eddie. What, what do you exactly? Know, do you want to you gonna... know what he's going to be? Uh, yeah, go on. Reapy Cheat from the Chronicles of Narnia. <laughs> so watch out for that. That's what he was best known for. <laughs> Still better than Beehive. It's better than... I know, I was going to say. I've... I think it's a bit controversial because he didn't do the next uh, Chronicles of Narnia, so it could what be What do difficult... you think happened? I think Simon Pegg took over the role. Do you? Yeah, so I'm going to try and find out. But Flush it might, him out. It yeah. might actually... He might walk off because of <laughs> Reapy Chief. I mean, it might, there might be some awful story Have you ever it. had someone walk off? No. Uh, it's, that's, that's Steve Merchant, nearly. But it's, uh, <laughs> he walked off at the end. Slightly grumpily, though. Walked off quite fast at the end. Really? The end what did you say? Oh, you know, just... <laughs> just I'd say a conglomeration of things like... I thought he was understanding were a joke. You know, so I'm only joking. But really. it's kind of weird, because I feel like I know you well, but yes. I, and I will say stuff and open up more than I possibly should. <laughs> okay. But I do forget that there's like a whole ton of people. I frequently do this. I forget, yeah. oh, this is being recorded and this uh, stuff. Well, uh, so do I. That's the pro- that was the problem with really? Stephen Merchant, probably. So, uh, but that's fine. We can always cut stuff out, because that's why it's good for the people here. Because yeah. there's always a... So, uh, well... <laughs> Uh, so no, you are uh, uh, you are so funny. I have to say, I've been watching oh, you. Thank you really you, are. You're a fantastic stand-up. That's people, so nice some you, people Richard. may not be aware of you, such as the woman who works upstairs at the box office who wouldn't let you in. Yeah, today. that's the interesting. <laughs> that's the uh, the interesting thing with my career. The longer I do it, the more obscure I become. Like when I first started, I never had any trouble getting into venues. And now I have to like go, no, I promise I'm on the show. I, I know Richard. And they, they go, we just have to call downstairs just to make sure. But this happens like at every, every venue that I go to perform at. They go, and what tickets were your name under? I'm like, no, I'm on the bill. I'm Sarah. It still happens to me as well, I have to say, a lot. Yeah, yeah when I go and do gigs, loads of times you get, because like there'll be a doorman or something. You'll go... And I, I would usually just walk through and they'll go, sorry, where's your ticket? And I'll say, I don't need one. Yeah. And they'll go, well, you do need one, sir. You do need one. Just <laughs> no, I'm sorry, see you Richard Herring. You can't just walk in <laughs> off the street. And so then you've committed to that. Yeah. You can't really go because I am the... But you know what's hurtful? I already know the venue staff here because I did a season of previews here like a year ago. So it's not even like my first time here. Or I go, oh, you're probably not... I have to go, no, remember, we met. I chatted to you like for like half an hour. <laughs> It's because you're so glamorous on stage and, and you know, when you're, in, <laughs> when you're on incognito, because you, know, yeah. you have to... Bit, bit ugly off stage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go, Who's this ugly you're bitch? Hiding she yourself. can't work in theatre. <laughs> 
Um, you uh, were not. Uh, so you've been doing stand up for a long time. A fucking long, long time, time, Richard. Too Thank long. You. Way uh, too long. You got nominated this year for the Edinburgh Award in Edinburgh. Uh, the Edinburgh Award in Edinburgh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which you get for doing the Edinburgh. Someone yeah. wooed. That's and you've been good. nominated for that before as well. Eleven years ago. Yeah. Yeah, I know. That was a big like. You know, when the nominations came out, they're going. And when was the? This is eleven years between nominations. That's a long time, isn't it? Is that the longest? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> Even that kind of made it a bitter pill. I don't enjoy anything. That's my problem. I just and you make it worse because you hate everything as well. I do. Well, I, I kind of hate the awards. The, the awards are kind of a bit silly, you know. Like oh, yeah. Tom Parry, this year was uh, was <laughs> yeah, newcomer. best newcomer. Yeah. He's been coming to Edinburgh since about. 1997. So, yeah. if you've been working in a yeah. group, you're allowed to be a best newcomer. But that's sort of slightly it's not. stupid. But also, uh, there is that thing where there is no like the idea that there is this empirically correct shortlist <laughs> where it is. Uh, yeah, those are the absolute the best shows at the festival. There's just no such thing. So yeah. it just comes down to what the panel go with that particular year. But it's good if you get nominated. It's fucking nice. Times. I yeah. mean, it is. I mean, I say that, but it's nice. But you know, that's it, two more times than I've been nominated. Yeah, but look how many people are turning up. <laughs> You don't have to fight with the venue staff well, to get in. Not, not anymore. It took me a while. And most of these people weren't here last week when I interviewed myself. In fact, most of these people have come to see someone who isn't even on today. Yeah, right. <laughs> so. This is so good for our ego. Who are they? How come you're selling so well? I don't mean to be rude. So many people in this room, and it's a Sunday afternoon. Yeah, that's extraordinary. You do I think so it's well. mainly down. It's mainly down to me. I think it's mainly <laughs> popularity, well, it my own popularity. It is. Well, if I didn't do it, sometimes people go on. As we were talking about YouTube, and people comment and go, "I, I like these interviews, but I don't like Richard Herring. He is not funny." <laughs> you kind of go, "Yeah, that's fine. Fair enough." But. You know, if I wasn't here doing them, this they wouldn't be here. So, you know, at least I'd facilitate say, yeah. "Oh, thank you for facilitating." Yeah. I hate you, but thank you for bringing this person yeah. along to your awful show. But that's—I mean, I—you were talking about the tweets and stuff. I, I mean, you take it really well by the sounds of things. If you get a nasty tweet, you—I you know. just think it's—I think that's—it's funny when you've got to be careful on Twitter. I think as a as when you're tweeting about something else yeah. because if you get the wrong end of the stick like that you look yeah. stupid so, yeah. that, so it's, it's now when it started I would just tweet everything that came into my head I think oh that's funny I'd tweet yeah. and it wouldn't matter because no one cared yeah. but now I think very carefully about everything and discard most of my tweets because I think it's not worth the hassle yeah. but it'd be good if the, everyone else did that as well <laughs> yeah. rather than thinking yeah. I'm, oh, how can that man so say angry. a baby isn't allowed to shit himself yeah. I'm so angry yeah. with that He's an, he cannot be serious yeah no, that's, you know, so, I love it as John <laughs> McEnroe would say, "What a great as as John McEnroe said, you cannot. I mean, there's just. Uh, but the, the, any time I tweet something, I lose followers. Like, if I do like news quiz or the now show, you know, I pick up maybe ten or fifteen followers. And then if I just tweet something that I think is like amusing, I just hemorrhage followers. It's like people accidentally follow me and go, "Oh, this is a fucking idiot I follow." As soon as I voice an opinion, I tweeted something about the nutty professor. Which I watched last night and I enjoyed it. The original it. or the Eddie Murphy? No, the Eddie Murphy yeah, reboot yeah. with the farting and, you know, yeah. and I, I tweeted that I'd enjoyed it and <laughs> just lost like 11 followers. Because I can't follow someone who enjoyed the nutty, the professor. nutty professor. But I think, why did they follow, who did they think I was in the first place that when I, like, you would know that I would like the nutty professor because I like farts. Yeah. Like, I do find farts amusing. Why not? Right. Who doesn't? Okay. 
But yeah, the fact that someone goes, oh, unfollow. I can't. <laughs> well, it's not the part. It was my favourite thing is when they tell you they're unfollowing. That's, so Have you been told? Yeah, yeah, people would say, oh, I'm sorry, I can't. You know, they've been following you for years. They've yeah. seen all the shit that I tweet. <laughs> they've got waded through all of that. And they go, no, I'm sorry, I can't. I will have to unfollow you. I'm drawing you the line now. And you kind of go, yes, all right. You don't need to don't need to tell me individually, it's okay. I'm not that bothered. Is there a demographic of person who reacts badly to you? Um, well, it's sort of weird with Twitter because people choose to follow you. So yeah, that's, right. That's so, you know, so it's odd that someone would follow you, especially for a while, yeah. and then be upset by <laughs> anything you've said. Because I say yeah. lots of upsetting stuff on yeah. there, so it'd be weird. But I find that a little bit with a gig. You know, you're doing a gig, yeah. and you do lots of offensive stuff, and then you'll do a joke, <laughs> no, and someone don't. will go, no, that joke it affects me. Yeah, that's right. about that's from my life. You go, right, what about yeah. the other jokes I just did about... Some, yeah. No, that was all right, because I wasn't in those. Yeah. So the world has become... The world has become... Everyone is, you know, starts to see themselves. Uh, and yeah. I think this is actually... Uh, I talk about time travel and alternate universes a lot, but I think people generally see themselves as the centre of the universe yeah. and that everything's created for them. But isn't that so they feel the need to go, oh, you had a guest on who I don't like. Yeah. Have the hundred podcasts, one of them I didn't like. Go, yeah, it's not just for you. So just, just, yeah. just skip that one or watch it and see if you like them. So people get upset about that. Yeah. It's in the same way. So this, this week they were talking about um, would you travel back in time to kill Hitler as a baby? This was a big internet That's the question. Thing, which, right. Yeah, which is... Right. And everyone's going, well, if you did that, then things might turn out different. Things might, but nobody thinks if you went back and killed Hitler, the whole of history would be different and mm. you wouldn't exist. That's right. So regardless of... I can say, I can say with absolute certainty yeah. that because my uh, grandmother's first husband was in a boat that got torpedoed by uh, Japanese off uh, the coast of Australia, and that was... Uh, so there you go. So there you go. But even so, every, you know, you just changed... I, that wasn't a funny anecdote. I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't telling that, like, this is going to fucking slay him. Because things are getting a bit serious now. I'll lighten the mood with the dead, the dead I submarine, submariner. Like, I, I think you were saying, I bet you can't beat me in my, my tragic story of loss from my friend. I don't think it's that... Well, I, I mean, I never met him. It's a sad story, yeah. but I, I, don't, I don't get upset when I tell it. I go, I, um... But, Lost a know. relative? Back <laughs> in um, World War Two. Submarine's you, like... You can't go on who do you think you are if you don't do that. That's, you've got oh, to be... So a guy, what, from 300 years ago who <laughs> probably about 5 million people are related to now because there's such... But I am one of those people. And he died. But, you know, he, he probably would have died by now anyway. <laughs> And if he hadn't died, I would know. Because if you change anything, change one little thing, and everything will ultimately change. But change a big I thing, know. like I've seen world, Back to the Future. Well, I know well, how no, it works. Back to the Future does you not go back, back with the, the sports almanac, we, and it gets into the wrong hands. See, that doesn't work. If you go to that, if, right, Back to the Future. Yeah. That's a very good example. Hey, back to the, I watched it again this week because yeah. it was my wife's birthday. She's born. Week. She's born on October the twenty-first, so we watched it uh, on October the twenty-first. Not nineteen eighty-five. Uh, she would no. She wasn't born in eighty-five. She was. <laughs> I was about to say, don't you dare say. It's 1985 is when she was born. I was going to that's not a good anecdote. Uh, 1987. And uh, she... Uh, cool. It's We nearly got to the point where it's actually legal to have sex with someone born in the 21st century, and I'm looking forward to that day. Yeah. Uh, so... Because yeah. at least finally I won't yeah. be committing a crime. That's right. <laughs> yeah. In one more year, you're not a criminal. 
<laughs> but Back to the Future doesn't know what it's doing. It's stupid, right? That's so bullshit. No, let's say, okay, I'll take you through this. <laughs> it's a good film, but the time travel because it implies that by travelling back to in time, yeah. uh, and then Marty changes stuff. Hey, if he changed any little thing, it would change yeah. everything anyway. So yeah. that's all fucked up in any case. Yeah. But he goes back in an early scene. The black guy who's going to be the mayor is sweeping the floor, yeah. and then he goes, "Oh, you're the guy. You're going to be the mayor." And he goes, "Oh, mayor? Yeah, I never thought of that. I'll be the mayor." But in the reality we've just been in, he is, he's becoming the mayor, so he has thought of it. The implication is that Marty has made him think that, yeah. but he's gone back to a different reality, changed reality, and then, so it doesn't work. But maybe this is the, the multiverse idea. It doesn't, work. It doesn't work within the logic of this. <laughs> also, if Biff went back to the sports almanac and won, the minute he's betted on the first race and won, yeah. the whole of history changes, yeah. so all the rest of the book is useless. Yeah. That's such a shame, because yeah. I feel like that's a movie that's done quite well. <laughs> um, and it's I'm based tell- on a, ho- a, a fragile house of lies. I'm so, yeah. Well, you know, so, and do, they start disappearing in the future. It's a different time. They, they're very yeah. confused. Well, yeah, and he would, you know, when he sort of sees his hand, yeah. like during uh, the Chuck Berry song, yeah. and um, it, it, it wouldn't have happened like It wouldn't that work like that. It's not an accurate no. film. no. <laughs> I'm glad we. I'm glad we decided that. <laughs> I'm glad we sorted that out. So, what was your uh, what was your award winning show about? You've done two the last two shows which I haven't seen. I have seen a lot of your shows. Yes, you have. Seen, and we we we, we flattered together. We've for stayed in a quite flat a few for a few times. Years. In fact, in the flat in Edinburgh, we stayed in. It was you and your now husband and yep. Lucy Porter and Justin Edwards and now husband. That's right. And me and my wife would. That's right. So we all got married and had babies. Together, all yeah. on the same night. Yeah. yeah it's it great. It's wild. <laughs> but I remember, uh, I, yeah, the, 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 I think the last time we lived together, that was about 2007. No. Yeah. God. I know. Again. Um, but yes, I, uh, yes. so uh, this year's show was called A Day in October. And I've sort of been moving away from doing just straight stand-up shows. I've been doing stories and doing an hour-long narrative um, uh, and so this show was the second of a, a kind of um, a teenage stories, uh, where it is a, an hour-long story, and it was about a boy who, who died and came back to life. Yes. Is it a true story? <laughs> I don't think that's important. <laughs> I don't think it matters. Uh, it's, got, it's got elements of truth, but, you know, it is yeah. about, you know, rewriting. And it was a hard show to do each night, because, it, like, you know, there was a point in the show where, you know, this kid would die and... You know, and it, it was an exhausting show. Like, I actually got quite upset towards the end, and it was kind of really the wear and tear of it, which sounds really wanky. Like, whenever <laughs> actors, you know, actors talk about how upset they get, you know, I always thought, oh, fuck off. But then, <laughs> then I actually did a show that required me to go to a fairly, you know, sad place each yeah. night, and it did gradually kind of wear me down over... The, like, it, the sadness did kind of creep in. Like, it, it's, it's, it's a horrible... It's not a nice place to go to each no. night. No, but it's interesting, because I think, you know, again, you've been doing stand-up for, like, 15, 13, 15, 15 years. 15 years, yeah. yeah. I mean, so, and, and so I think it's interesting when you do stand-up over that length of time how... It changes, and what yeah. you're doing changes. And you have to change as well. Like yeah. You can't just keep on doing the same thing, yeah. can you, Richard? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just looking at talking cock. cock. There's a cock. Talking cock. Yeah. There's a lot of humour in cocks. There's tons but of humour I do humor a lot cocks. of... You know, as I got older, I do more serious stories about cocks that are, that are diseased or, you know... Yeah, diseased cocks are serious. That's weeping, a, you know, like a weeping, a weeping cock. cock. And then yeah. I go, yeah, and then his cock gets tied. It's not funny. There's some pus, some pus started coming out of the end of it. It's not funny. It's a serious... 
It's because it's got a cock in it. A really sad show. A really sad show about an infected penis. Richard Herring. And um, we're going to be dropping the jokes for tonight. (laughs) Talk about a serious issue. We should do. But that, you know, I think that's because of, well, there was, there, you did a thing in the garden where you talked about an old routine you used to do about a, hor- a kind of horrible yeah, heckle right. you had. Yeah, yeah. Where a guy was, you know, threatening you. Yeah, well, he, and you he stood up. He, yeah, right. He did this. Uh, this was a, a gig when I was, oh, it might have been about 12, or 12 years ago. And uh, it was a really rough uh, club. And uh, this guy, uh, sh- he heckled during the show if you don't shut the fuck up, I'm going to come up there and fuck you in the arse. All right. And see, right now, that's the appropriate. <laughs> and uh, the whole thing spiraled out of control. You know, like I did this kind of, oh, yeah, fucker, come on. And then he like rushed the stage and, you know, he got removed from the venue. And I, I, I stopped performing for like a month after it. I was really frightened. Um, and the whole thing had really uh, affected me. And, and the, the idea that what we do, because, you know, we're here just talking to a microphone saying whatever comes into our head. And sometimes you go, fuck, there's like a serious consequence. Sometimes. Yeah. You say it to the wrong person, or what you think is appropriate isn't whatever. Uh, and I, I, I ended up doing this big routine about this this heckle, um, and I kind of made it. It became like a funny routine that I, you know, I would talk about the event and about what happened. And I stopped doing that piece of material because it, it, it kind of felt like. Um, in a way, I was making mockery of the seriousness of it because I got away unscathed. I then told this, oh my god, this thing happened. And I totally betrayed the seriousness of it. And the seriousness was that I was petrified, security got involved. He should never have done it in the first place. Yeah. And I found that telling that routine, like, you know, in, in sort of boozy Saturday night clubs, the thing that was really worrying was what I'd, I'd tell the anecdote, you know, this guy stood up and shouted, I'm going to come up there and fuck you in the ass. And he'd get a fucking huge laugh. And it felt like I was sort of complicit. In sort of going, ah, yeah, I mean, shit like that happens, right? Like, it wasn't, it, it didn't have this feel of, wow, that was a really, what a, what a frightening thing to say yeah. to a, well, well, then I was like 25, maybe? You know, and, and I, I stopped doing that routine, so I kind of, it's really weird when you think, you know, I'm not responsible for why people are laughing, but I felt like I was giving out these cues that it was, that it, it it wasn't as serious as it was. Yeah, sure. I mean, it's interesting the way definitely... Um, I think comedy's changed and audiences have changed. And I think that, yeah. you know, that, that's interesting. The response there was immediately yeah. like, oh, no, that's not on, which I right. think five years ago it wouldn't have been. But you've, got, mean, you've got a good audience. We that's have, a, there, I, I totally underestimated yeah. what, your, <laughs> what your audience would be capable of. Um, they don't know that you can have sex with someone in the arse. That is, I that is, that is, that's, <laughs> they've gone quiet because they're trying it. <laughs> Everyone's quietly trying it with the person next to them. <laughs> um, but, but in a sense, the routine was, uh, you know, you could argue it was empowering in, as well, couldn't you, that you were taking control of that exactly. awful situation? So, exactly. And I, I mean, it's still, of, a, it's still a very funny routine. But that's exactly... I, I felt I this real point. conundrum because yeah. I kind of felt like, as a stand-up, all you can really do is talk about what you experience. You know, like, that's... We process the world and, you know... And that was an experience that really affected me. But I don't... Uh, I, I don't think when I talked about it that I actually went, oh, and I was really frightened yeah. and I was in a very vulnerable position because then it's not funny anymore. Then, then it becomes a, a scary story. But I kind of felt like, in a way, I wasn't, um, I wasn't showing solidarity with the people for whom something like that had led to a terrible thing. No. And there was intent. This guy, was, he was hammered. He thought it was okay. He was intimidating. 
And I just, I, I, the whole routine just started to sit very uncomfortably with me. Yeah. We, uh, but then, I don't know, and uh, I, I can see the argument both ways. I can say, well, you know, I took an experience that was horrible and I made it funny and I owned, I owned that experience. Yeah. But then it just it, it felt so uncomfortable because I couldn't predict what people were laughing at. I couldn't predict where the laugh was going to come when I told that story. No, it is when you have those. Uh, I, in my current show, I do at the beginning. I do a joke talking about my wife giving birth, and then say, and, and then I say, Robbie Williams uh, said when his his wife gave birth, it was like watching his favourite pub burn down, which. But that yeah. gets a massive laugh, and I, yeah. I then want to talk, discuss about why yeah. that's a weird metaphor to how yeah. you would see your wife being like at your a favourite pub. pub. And what does your that wife's say about, vagina? Yeah, what does that say? It's like that? a pub that's on fire. Yeah. <laughs> I've had two children, <laughs> and I can't describe the experience as being anything no. like. Well, and it, just being a, a spectator at the event was to, that was not how I felt. How did you? So, I, I've, I've, known, I've never. How did you? How did you go? <laughs> how, were you, how were you with the whole experience? I, well, I, I, it was really strange. I was really uh, disturbed by seeing my wife in yeah. so much pain yeah. all the way through, yeah. and being and re- it was really horrific. So I, felt, I as much as it, a lot of it was great. Yeah. I mean, I do talk about this in my show, yeah. but a lot it's great to get, you know. But you're worrying about you're thinking, well, will I recognise this baby? Will I understand? Will there be a connection? And it was so horrific, all of it was so... And she had not a very complicated birth, but yeah. there was a few bits and pieces. And, uh, and my baby was just crying as it came out, like screaming as she yeah. came out. Yeah. And she was all squashed up and she'd mm. been twisted around. They look awful. And they look terrible. Yeah. And uh, it's like, it was a pretty horrific start to finish uh, yeah. disaster. So until about two hours later, mm. I was quite also, shaken up by it. I, but I, I feel bad because there is... There is absolutely nothing that the man can do. No. Like, other than smooth your hair and go, you're doing really well. You go, Get your fucking hands off me. Don't fucking touch me. You know, because it's, you, you know, you're in this really, like, this, you know, uh, primordial state. Like, I mean, yeah. the, the never, you know, you sort of walk around and you have thoughts and opinions and you get dressed and you have an espresso and then I'm on the ground screaming, shitting into a cup. Yeah. I've just lined you up for a joke there, Richard. <laughs> Um, you know, and, and the pain was excruciating. I, I, it was so painful. I don't, you know, I never, I never say this to women who are pregnant, but I'm like, it hurt. It hurt more than anything I can ever describe. Was, I, I was in so much pain, I wanted to rip my face off. <laughs> I was, and it was like hours of it. It was yeah. hours of unendurable pain, and I was like, ah, and pissing everywhere. It was just yeah. fucked. I fucking hated it. <laughs> Yeah, and in amongst it, my lovely husband's like, yeah. you're doing so well. <laughs> oh, you're a goddess. Your sound, so I'm glad I wasn't at you. It would have been weird if I'd been at yours, though, wouldn't it? <laughs> what? <laughs> I would have fucking loved it. I actually, that would have been possible. Uh, yeah, would... But also, you get people, co- like, that's the thing, you know, you've got your legs up in stirrups, yeah. and, you know, three people walk in and have a look, and they'll... <laughs> They'll talk to each other and, and then walk out, and you're like, oh. it's, it's very worrying when there's just the, when the head is just the head crowning, is out. The crowning, yeah, that hurts. But Ooh. it's I couldn't, I actually couldn't um, process what I was seeing. Yeah. I generally couldn't. My, my, I just I looked three times, and it looked different every time. <laughs> <laughs> I thought my baby had like a tiny head, and then I thought she had a massive head. <laughs> yeah. um, but then that, it's an oblong head. Yeah, it was just all. Yeah, and she was screaming, and yeah. it didn't look real. I say, I say in the show, it's like it looked like uh, the special effects are about as good as the original Total Recall. Did, did yeah, it? right. I know exactly <laughs> what you mean. It just doesn't yeah. look like a real. Yeah, I know what you mean. Real thing. Yeah, 
I'm still not convinced she is real. I mean, it's, it kind of, I'm trying to get difficult to get my head around having a baby. She's eight months old now, so I should have got used to it, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it'll kick in eventually. <laughs> Every now and again. Oh, yeah. And then you'll stop it with those awful tweets. Those <laughs> sensitive tweets. I just think that's hilarious. Someone got upset about that. <laughs> a message to my eight-month-old. That's really insane. Yeah. Go on. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I will carry on. I'll ask you some uh, emergency questions. Okay. It's going very well. We don't really need to do this, but I will. I've got some new ones, so I'm very excited about them. Um, oh, that's, that's someone else's one. Hold on. Um, do, uh, why do elephants have such low rates of cancer? <laughs> I like it because it sounds like a sort of setup to a joke, but it is. It's it not. Is, no, it's, I want to know your. Genuine, why they have such low rates? Got of very, cancer. They've only got compared to humans who have twenty-five percent uh, rates of cancer. We have twenty. What do you mean? Like one, one in four, in four people yeah, will, will get, get cancer. cancer yeah. uh, hey guys, sobering. Only five percent of elephants get cancer. But can they check elephants as frequently as they check humans? Right. An elephant can't say I don't feel right. I'm I'm not I'm not feeling something So you're saying there's a lot of cancer ridden elephants out there we just don't I'm saying there's probably more than we know of because an elephant can't go this seriously, I think there's something wrong with it. Whereas a human can communicate through language, maybe the stats are unreliable. I've got feeling in my testicle. I'm not weighing in on this. I'm not weighing in on this. I'm not joining in. I'm too frightened of the backlash. <laughs> but with uh, that, I mean, that sounds reasonable to me. It's because uh, they have 20 TP53 genes uh, compared to the human's one. 
That is the answer. Well, you didn't know. Do you re- uh, I was going to figure that out. I was going to nut that out. I on just my... thought you might know. No, I didn't. But I was interested to know, because some people think maybe it would be because uh, they die earlier, they don't you know, human beings live longer, That's they don't smoke. Human beings smoke. Yeah. Um, do you know elephants don't smoke? I mean, I didn't... Just because you haven't seen a picture of an elephant... It would be good if they did. It would be amazing. Know. Big stogie at the end of the... And smoke out the ears for the... You just uh, haven't seen an elephant smoke. Um, I haven't, no. Okay, I'll ask you a proper one. Is sex with a ghost cheating? <laughs> if you have sex. Are you referring to the film Ghost? <laughs> no. I'm referring if you had sex with a ghost and yeah. you're married you, to someone else. All oh, right, are you technically would you uh, Would you be cheating on your partner or is it okay? Hmm. I'd say, yeah, that's cheating. Yeah. Uh, do you have feelings for the ghost or is it like a one-night stand <laughs> ghost? Is this a ghost like the ghost in Mrs. Muir where there's been like a continuing relationship over time where you go, I can't deny how I feel for you anymore? No, it's Or not. it's just the ghost has come out of the it's cupboard a ghost. and fuck You it. know, sometimes ghosts come out. Yeah, yeah, they, right. Yeah, they, yeah, you know yeah. how like ghosts come out. They just come out and you're yeah. asleep and they start having sex with you. On top of you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, essentially they're taking advantage of you, but yeah. then if you are into it... And you're in... Right. And you're in like, hey, get off, ghost. I'm married. <laughs> yeah. I have an eight-month-old child. Yeah. Right. If, if the ghost says, you go, know, oh, carry on, Do is you, that, are you then... What if you don't orgasm? <laughs> what if you get halfway through and then push the ghost off and go, I can't do this? It's difficult with a ghost because of the, the lack of friction, I guess. That <laughs> it, was, that it will be harder to... Yeah. Orgasm, because it's just a sort but of But it'll, it'll be thing. happening in your mind because you're, you're obviously <laughs> mentally ill for this to be happening <laughs> in the first place. Yeah. So for a mentally ill person, yeah. they're not going, this isn't even happening. <laughs> They'd be going, oh, I'm fucking a ghost and yeah. I love it. I'm loving have, this. Have you ever seen a ghost? Have I ever so, seen a yeah. ghost? Have you ever seen a ghost? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, I have, Richard. Have you? What, what, what it was really, It was really frightening. <laughs> Um, I'm just doing that improv thing where you're meant to say yes. Because uh, yeah. people do improv courses now and that's a big part of it. You don't shut the person down and go, no. All right, no. yes. I had it's a... more than that though, you know, improv. You you're not meant to say it out loud. Hey, you can't I have say, to yes, say yes, yes to this. Yes, I have. And that's all I'm going to tell you about. All right, yeah. <laughs> I, I have... It's, um, I have... Maybe I've never. I have got a spooky story that comes from a very good authority. Okay. And as someone who I don't think would, ma- you know, when someone goes, "I've got a scary, st- you know, a story that's a bit unexplainable." Yeah. Uh, it was a baby monitor thing. Oh yeah, well, I'm terrified of my baby monitor. Yeah. Right. Well, I am. I think it's really the scariest thing in the they world. They make and they yeah. And also the thing that I find really frightening, like you know, a child laughing is like a beautiful sound. Child laughing in its sleep. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, my kid sometimes laughs in her sleep and it scares the shit out of me. <laughs> and it's like this kind of... <laughs> <laughs> what, what can she see? <laughs> uh, but th- this person, um, it, they said that um, when their kid was getting the scans, you know, like the antenatal scans, oh, yeah. uh, they called their kid Bobble because the, the number on it was like 808873 or something. It looked like no. Bobble. So they called it Bobble. And uh, then when she was born, they had the baby monitors and stuff. And they were uh, in a house somewhere, like in... Uh, it was like a, it was an old house. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they were watching telly one night, and they had the baby monitor on, and then they just heard a, an, a, a soft voice going, Bobble. <laughs> 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 and they were on their own. They were middle yeah. of nowhere, old house, middle of nowhere kind of thing. And they, they are both sane people. They aren't yeah. people you go, mm-hmm. And they both heard it. <laughs> The, during our coke binge, we heard this, uh, you know, it wasn't, it, they're very sane, normal people. Uh, yeah, and they just heard this, bah, 
bubble. And they yeah. said it sounded it sounded like an adult voice. Yeah. And they ran up into the room because they thought, fuck, there's an intruder. And it was just... Yeah, yeah what kind of intruder would that be? If you can't break, <laughs> I'm going to break into that room. I'm going to find out what nickname they have for their baby. They're going to break into the house and say no, it in a I scary think, I don't think they run, and run away. <laughs> I will great. find the antenatal scans, <laughs> get the number of the scan and turn it into a word. <laughs> Uh, they're yeah. scary those monitors I think I might have mentioned this before but it's uh, like my one it, for a set when you turn it on for a second it shows you the image the previous last image of when it was on Ooh. so for a second when it comes on <laughs> well the, the you know your baby's in the cot and then you turn the monitor on and there's an empty cot and, you go, ah! <laughs> and then the baby appears but they're because it's yeah. terrifying yeah it's a horrible feeling when you think you've misplaced your baby yeah. Just sometimes that happens. You go, you, go oh, you see it, and, you go, yeah. and they go, "Oh, of course, she's yeah. up, and my wife's got her out." Yeah. But sometimes that's yeah. It's, it's horrible having a baby. Don't do it. It's hard to, it's it's hard like, to you, All you do is worry. What, you, no. you have a horrible time when it comes out. Uh, and <laughs> if you were, you, if you were the prime minister, would you use nuclear weapons? Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Fucking all the time. Any disagreement, <laughs> yeah. I would instantly raise the stakes. Yeah. I think it'd be I'd think i be on FaceTime with my finger on the button going, really? <laughs> really? With other countries that didn't have nuclear weapons, yeah, obviously. Especially. You don't want to do it if they can do it but back. I think like, if you don't ever use them, people go, yeah, they're, they're not serious about it. I think if you, if you get in, you got send one off. <laughs> just to show, just to show them I'm serious about it. Yeah. <laughs> so don't mess with I don't want to do this. Me. I'm not going to want to do it again. But I want you to know I can. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Would uh, you? Oh, well, let's, let's I, well, turn think, the tables, Richard I think Heron. I would send them all off straight away. And I, I genuinely think if you sent them all off, I think the other side would have to be a dick to bomb you back. <laughs> Why? Because they'd destroy the world, wouldn't they? Because they're, they're there as a deterrent. Yeah. So if that deterrent doesn't work, I think if the, if the bombs are coming over, you have to go, well played. <laughs> as in a poker well, game. You won. Yeah, it's like a game of chess. You've won the game of chess. You've got your... Yeah. You've, you sent oh. them the size over. If I, you know, it's just churlish to send them back, and it's like going, oh, because you've done I it, hate I'm you back. I hate you too. So I'm going to destroy the whole world. And yeah. go, okay, well, we'll all be wiped out, but yeah. you carry on the human race over there. Something that people are, of, of your age yeah. talk about, the, th- the threads. That was yeah. a real... Yeah. Yeah, right. That was a formative trauma. Like Because a, a t- uh, the one in Australia, we saw uh, an American production that I think m- must have been like they took the idea of threads. And, mm. and it was called The, the Day After. Mm. And, it had, and I remember, because my babysitter would let me stay up and watch television, she didn't <laughs> like getting involved in any sort of discipline. And uh, I saw that Steve Gutenberg was in it, and I was really <laughs> excited because it was the guy from Police Academy. <laughs> I was like, oh, the guy from Police Academy's on telly. This is going to be awesome. <laughs> and it was this, this, and it had Jason Robards and Ali Sheedy, also from like Breakfast Club. And I was like, oh my god, it's a woman from the Breakfast Club. The guy from Police Academy is going to be amazing. And it was just this story about a family in Kansas and the day the atomic bomb goes off and all the and the aftermath. And yeah. it was, it was. At the end, there was this big spiel about how this was an appeal to, to, to world leaders to, 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 to disarm and stuff. And yeah. I hear the same, you know, about Well, I was, I was terrified. I think in the 80s, we were really terrified. In the 70s and 80s, I, just, I assumed nuclear war was going to happen. It yeah. must have been worse in 1963 or 62 when it nearly did happen. But, um, I, you know, I'd see, like a tra- I'd see a plane going over with the trail of smoke coming out, and I think that's a nuclear bomb. Really? Yeah, I just was... Com- just we convinced it's going to. I think it's scarier now because you know they definitely will 
will get used. Do you reckon? In our lifetime, definitely. Do you think yeah. so? I've well, just grown up with this kind of ah oh, mutually assured destruction. Well, but it does. That's irrelevant now, isn't it? Why? Because it's because the people. Well, a lot of the people who are enemies quite want to wipe out the world anyway. That's true. And if they can get hold of a nuclear weapon, they will definitely use it. And there's no, we can't fire back at them because they don't live anywhere specific. So we're fucked. <laughs> also, just what it's like gun. It's like having, having a gun in your house. Yeah. The chances I've are got the gun. Two. Well, the gun will probably be turned on you by a burglar or you know one of your family at some point. That's what I sort of feel about nuclear weapons. If we got them, they probably will just go wrong and blow us up ourselves. Yeah. Which they nearly have a lot. If you, if you look into it, there's been loads of times when nuclear weapons... I don't want to bring everyone down. Uh, but there's been loads of times. Just enjoy your life while you've got it because it's definitely going to happen. In your, in your lifetime. Some of the younger ones, not new. You'll be fine, Andy. Yeah. Uh, uh... I kind of feel like... Do you know what, though? I kind of feel like even if the bomb did go off, I kind of think, ah, well... You know, I've, 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 I'm, I'm going to be 40 next year. I'm nearly halfway through anyway. Mm. So from a personal perspective, yeah. part of me kind of thinks, oh, well, yeah, it's all right. Well, I thought I was going to die in 1999 because that's when Nostradamus predicted the world would end. So as a teenager, I thought, mm. I'm going to get to 32, and that'll be it. So every yeah. year after that has been a bonus. <laughs> 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 I was absolutely convinced, so that's good, but I'm now more convinced. Do you know, one will just go... There's been loads of times when new planes with nuclear weapons on have just crashed and the nuclear weapon's been on fire and they've gone, yeah. well, that, oh, that might blow up now, might it? That ha- happened with the Enola Gay. Apparently, uh, when they were transporting the atomic bomb to Hiroshima, yeah. they, were, they, they thought they weren't going to clear the runway. Right. And they were so nervous because they're like, oh, God, if this atomic bomb goes off here, everyone's going to know that we've got this <laughs> weapon. And they were, like, trying to get off the runway, going, oh, fuck, it's too heavy. And uh, well, then they did make it off the runway. They did. Unlucky for the people of Hiroshima. Very unlucky. It wasn't a good thing for no. them. Um, so what else do I want? I'll talk about something from your life now. Are you excited? Uh, <laughs> are you ever mistaken for Sarah Kendall, the area director of Network Rail's Wales Route? It has happened on occasion. She spent eight years working on the Channel Tunnel. She's quite proud about that. <laughs> and uh, she, but she's now excited to be working in Wales where there is no specific proper route there I think they just they, I think they just have to move the rails as they go <laughs> go along I think that's what you mean wow yeah. I did when I was much younger yeah. I got um, mistaken for um, Nicole Kidman when oh, I was yeah. like 24 yeah. and uh, a group of tourists came over and asked for a photograph and uh, I said yes I, I went yeah okay and uh, I got in the photograph and yeah. I, was, I was more attractive back then. And also, Nicole Kidman hadn't had all the facelifts and stuff. Yeah. So we looked more alike. Yeah. As she's become more facelifted and glamorous, we don't look so much alike. No, alike. But about, about 15 years ago, there was enough of a resemblance yeah. for, a, would say, a myopic tourist. <laughs> well, Japanese, uh, Japanese people used to think I looked like Michael J. Fox. <laughs> <laughs> I, I found it quite racist. Did you say that? Yeah, I said, you know, I don't go, you all look like some famous Japanese person. <laughs> Kazuo Ishiguro. Yeah, could have been him. You should have said that. <laughs> just said it really snarkily and go, yeah, sure. And are you Kazuo Ishiguro? <laughs> and then just let that settle on their soul. It's all right, because Japanese girls quite like Michael J. Fox. So Did you know, get heaps of I've got, I got, went out with one Japanese girl. Did you? I thought I looked like Michael but J. Fox. But she thought she'd done it with Michael yeah, J. Fox. I got Michael J. Fox's... <laughs> <laughs> I got some of his That's and I pretended that was Michael J. Fox and then we discussed Back to the Future I said yeah it doesn't quite make doesn't sense doesn't make any sense <laughs> <laughs> who 
whole film falls and, apart and under close examination. A lot of Teen Wolf also is uh, <laughs> ridiculous. Did you ever see Teen Wolf 2 with Justin Bateman? No. Yeah, they did a sequel. Jason Bateman? Or J- J- Jason, yeah, sorry, sorry the Justin. From Arrested Development. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, they did a Teen Wolf 2. Well, Teen Wolf in a way was Teen Wolf 2 because the, they did Teen Wolf with Michael Landon in the 1950s. Did they? Hello. <laughs> Do you mean the guy from the uh, the prairie? Little House the, on the Prairie. Yeah. Little House he on the Prairie. Died, he died of cancer. We've got to yeah, stop doing this. Every time we're telling an anecdote, we are going straight back to terminal illness and atomic bombs. This is what we do when we're not in front of people. We do. We've got, and now we're We've got quite a sick sense of humour between each other and we're really trying to... I'm we're trying to... I know. And we're hitting these brick walls because we're going... Anyway, uh, another question. Because it could... Yeah. Um... <laughs> I just don't want everyone to hate us. <laughs> they don't. They, they quite like you. Not as much as they like... Oh, no, Sarah Kendall from the... Uh, from Beehive. From area director of Network Rail. I wonder if she's ever been mistaken for you. Probably. Yeah. I'd imagine so. Yeah. What does she look like? You've Googled don't, image. I didn't, I didn't look... I'm not a pervert. I'm not suggesting you brought up the image and masturbated over it. Oh. oh, this is being filmed. I just did the worst wank motion... My husband pointed out that whenever I do like a, a wanker, he's like, you do the worst wank motion. Right. I'm like, uh, what a wank. Yeah. I think like, he's trying is... to send out a subliminal message. You think so? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you really need to work on that. Ixnay on the... <laughs> yeah. That's the face I pull when we do it. Yeah, I go... I know, I don't... The hand job, I think I discussed this last week as well, but the hand job is the worst of the jobs. Why? You can do it yourself. Like, as an adult, I think if you're like 16, yeah. getting a hand job's quite an exciting moment from someone else. Yeah. But as an adult, it's just like, oh, come on. You'd rather have it. Well, there's loads more stuff we could be there doing. Is. And you know, I could do this better myself. I can really do this well. That's an interesting point. I never thought of that. Yeah. I, oh, I'm so. Fr- I don't want, I know how to weigh in on this topic yeah. with a husband. But, um, I, but I sensed that. I kind yeah. of already knew that. I had already intuited that. Yeah. <laughs> That the hand job is not what yeah, it might have not, been no. as a 16-year-old. No, I mean, just anything was amazing when you were 16. Yeah. Just the idea that someone might be thinking about your penis was enough. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think 16-year-old girls do think about... No. I don't think they go, oh, penis. <laughs> <laughs> That's the last part. And then when you do get confronted, you're like, ah! <laughs> what? <laughs> That's attached to this? It's so confronting. Yeah. I remember the first penis I touched. Do you? Yeah. I'm glad. <laughs> I, mean, I hope this is going to be an okay story. <laughs> I was six years old. <laughs> it's because I keep looking. I'm getting this. You've put talking cock right there. Yeah. And my eye keeps going to it. And I'm suddenly going, I once touched a penis when I was. A... But yeah, it was, I was shocked. I was quite doing, yeah. yeah. It's a shocking thing. <laughs> Were you shocked I'm by the first vagina? I'm going to show you my backstage and then, just, then you'll be surprised. I'll be amazed. <laughs> Stunned and amazed. <laughs> Do you remember the first vagina you touched? Uh, I guess it was my mum's. As I came yeah, out. As I came out. Just ask <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. It's a memorable yeah, thing. Yeah, it is quite memorable. Were you, um, were you a bit, oh. 
pretty, con- it's pretty I was 28 years old at the time. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose I shouldn't have been in a pharmacy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, jokes like that lighten the mood. It's good. It's good. If, you, if you can pop one of those in, it does help. It gets a laugh. It does. Yeah. As nice as they once were, uh, I, I, I think kettle crisps are not as nice as they were. Really? Yeah. I actually had some yesterday for okay. the first time in ages. Yeah. And I thought, these are fucking nice. I should yeah. eat these more often. Like, it had been a long time since I'd had them. And I thought... I disagree. I think they've gone downhill. Why? But have I changed or have they? Don't answer. That's a, that's a rhetorical emergency I question. have noticed the skin is on the outside of the, the chip and they never used to be. Like, they've skimmed on the skinning process. Yeah. Now I you think can they, see the little brown like, outline. They're more like Pringles now. They're not, they don't feel like properly cut crisps. Don't, anyway, we're not talking about that. If, and they're not as tangy. They're not, the salt vinegar isn't as strong as it once was. Yeah, well, maybe they've had to temper that to reach a broader market. Well, I don't like it. I like them in the, they, yeah, the highest Yeah, but not everyone has your taste, which it's like the internet thing. But that's why I'm complaining about it on the internet. Uh, <laughs> if you could travel back in time to compare any food of today with an equivalent in the past, A, what time would you go to? And B, what would the food be? <laughs> Oh, I'd um, I'd take sushi. Oh yeah. I'd take sushi back to my grandfather. Yeah. In because he was a fisherman. Right. Yeah, he was. Okay. Not even trying to make you laugh. <laughs> the one who got to live. Yeah. Okay. Got, <laughs> I think if anyone was going to die in a boat, that would be. You'd think he would be the fisherman. <laughs> That's not how it turned out, Richard. <laughs> Life is rich with irony. <laughs> So the submariner died during World War Two, yeah. and my grandmother remarried. Yeah, and she married a fisherman. Okay, and uh, insensitive. <laughs> she, was, she was a very shallow woman. <laughs> my grandmother was a horrible woman, <laughs> and she remarried almost instantly. Yeah, she'd uh, she'd read the letter, and she went out and right. married a fisherman. And I remember um, back in the eighties. Uh, when he would talk about the Japanese, he, he really didn't like the Japanese yeah. because of the World War Two thing. And because he was Australian, and just racist. Australians are just generally <laughs> racist. <laughs> it's true. Racist. It's totally true. Don't want to be racist to Australians, but they are all racist. <laughs> it's true, yeah. and they don't laugh when you say that. No, <laughs> no, they get really defensive. You know, uh, and I would, uh, and I remember in the eighties when he'd see Japanese people eating sushi, and it really upset him. On all these different levels, like on a culinary level, he'd be like, you meant to cook the fish. <laughs> he also felt that it was some form of barbarism. Like, yeah. you know, it showed how mean they were or something. That the cook, It's raw. I don't know why, but for yeah. him, the, the, all these things just added up. Um, and I think I would try to introduce him to like a sashimi platter yeah. and go, see, it's nice, isn't it? And maybe you could be a little you, more... I didn't say you could take your granddad back with you. And probably, is he alive No, I, no, no, I mean, You'd meet go him. to him? I would go oh, okay. to him back in, oh, like, all right, that's all right. maybe, like, 1960. Yeah. Uh, on his fishing trawler and yeah. present him with a sashimi platter. And, and then how would you explain what had happened? <laughs> how would I how explain, would explain myself? your presence to... Well, this whole meeting would yeah. make me impossible. I probably <laughs> wouldn't, I wouldn't be, have been born. Well, maybe you'd only be born if you go back and do this. Maybe as I present the platter, my hand will start to disappear, like my, and the platter will fall down, and I'll be like, ah. 
What would you take? What would be your food? Uh, I would take uh, Kettle Crisp back to <laughs> 2005 <laughs> and see. I would taste the Kettle Crisp from now and yeah. the Kettle Crisp from then, and yeah. then I would go, see? <laughs> to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> or I'd yeah. go, oh, oh, they are. What happened to. So it was me that changed. So Why you're the one who went. The, yeah, I thought you're they changed, the reason. But they, but they haven't changed. They're the same. I'll either be either the same or I go, see? This is or I could just ring up Kettle and say, have you changed yeah. the, the, the... Have you changed I the wrote recipe? about it in the Metro and I thought Kettle Crisps would be furious and get in touch with me and send me some free Kettle Crisps. That's what usually, that's what usually happens. Yeah. If you write about stuff... I wrote about Mr Kipling Cakes and they sent loads of free Mr Kipling Cakes. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I thought I loved the game. I'll write yeah. about it. And that's Something Kettle I Crisps. really like. Yeah. But I was critical. I yeah. thought they would get in touch to say, well, hey, come on. You wrote an article about that. I wrote that. like 70 words about it. How did you get 70 words out of that? <laughs> did, did, people, did people go, I love that thing you wrote about it? <laughs> no, no one mentioned it. <laughs> it's, well, because the, it recently with the Metro, which is a very popular, probably a lot of people who are here here because of my Metro. <laughs> so you can hear them laugh. They, they, they've just thought, old, they've thought about it? one of the ones and just started chuckling there. <laughs> as they thought about it. Like the kettle chip article. Yeah. yeah. Um, they make me. They I used to just write six hundred words, and then they said, "Could you now write an extra little seventy words to put in a box?" Oh, like week? a thought for the day. Yeah, oh. the hard. It's really annoying. It's really yeah. difficult. A, a seventy were each day. No, once a week. And it was like a Richard Herring thought bubble thing. <laughs> sort of. It sounds awful. Yeah. It <laughs> Still. What kind of prick came up with that Still, idea? Still. I mean, you sit on the bed and you <laughs> count the fucking money. <laughs> You would not believe how much they pay me to write that Metro article. You genuinely would not believe it. You wouldn't believe I'd been doing it for three years. You're still doing it. Do you think stuff like that sells tickets? Eventually? Uh, Maybe. I don't know the point of anything anymore. (laughs) It just feels like there's so much happening. There is like a glut of just fucking noise. And I I don't know how anybody likes anything. (laughs) <laughs> like, how do you find something you go, I really, oh, you know, like, because you just constantly, there's like this bombardment thing. Yeah. It is quite overwhelming. I think it is. There's a lot of people doing a lot of the things now. And like, yes. In, in, in everything. So, like, 20, even 20 years ago when we started, when we say, talk, talk about Edinburgh, when I first went to Edinburgh, yeah. there might be 50 comedians doing shows. Yeah. So, if you, if you did a show, there was a good chance you'd get reviewed. And <laughs> if it was good, someone might go, oh, come and do something with that. But now, if there's eight... Seven seven hundred acts or something. Yeah, it's crazy. And you were one of the t- best uh, eight of them. That's right. Yeah. I was, uh, which is pretty amazing. <laughs> it is. If you think about those numbers, Richard, it means my show was phenomenal. It is. Are you doing? <laughs> are you doing a show again in somewhere that I can come and see it? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to be doing it at the Soho Theatre in February. Cool. Yeah, and uh, that'll be. F- I don't know what else to say. I'll be doing it in... F- I'm going to make eye contact with the audience. I'm going to be doing it in February at the Soho Theatre. You should come along. It's really sad. <laughs> I mean, oh, aren't you sick of fucking, like, <laughs> stand-up? It all wears a bit thin, doesn't it? I think you go through a period where you feel like that mm. at about the 15-year mark. Yeah. And then you get over that and sort of start enjoying it again. Really? Is I think so. Well, I think, I think I went through a big... I, it was, it's really difficult. It's a really competitive thing. Like you were saying backstage, people going, oh, I didn't get nominated and getting furious about it. You yeah, know? people get fucking and angry about it because they go, I was, on the, I was on the long list Yeah. and then I can't, you know, and they get, you know... And you, I don't think you go to Edinburgh and expect that, but it's still, it's, it's always there and it's annoying. I was even annoyed about it 
after 2000, when I wasn't even eligible, I would still be annoyed that I didn't get nominated. Because it's annoying that there's a prize, and, you know, and I hated the prize. Yeah. But I think you, so you go through a period where it's, it gets... I think you just go through different periods where it gets difficult. But I think you also sort of realise... I mean, if, if, you go, if things are going OK and you can still work... That's true. Then it's kind of all right. And then, and then I think, with, you know, I, think I did my, all my 12 shows this summer and I didn't go to Edinburgh... And I guess, like, last year in Edinburgh, I was thinking, oh, you know, I've worked so hard and you know, I'm not getting that many people to see the show and is it worth carrying on? Mm. And, and so you get to that point and then you sort of think, well, actually, yeah. You know, and then I've, you start doing shows and think, oh, well, you know, a couple hundred people have come and seen that show. Actually, if you think of it that way, if you think of it that way rather than that way, yeah. if you start thinking rather than, oh, so someone got 100,000 people come to see them and I got 200, <laughs> it doesn't look so good. But <laughs> if you it, think, yeah. you know, someone would tweet, you go, well, I don't... You, know, I want you, I, you try working in a warehouse at four o'clock in the morning as if that my job is like really easy. Yeah. And you kind of go, yeah, I, I wouldn't like to do that, but come and try yeah. standing on stage and see how many people buy a ticket for you first of all, <laughs> and then and then try and entertain them for an hour. So you know, it's like it's it's a, an impressive thing to yeah to to do it. I think so. I think I, I've I've got I'm, I'm enjoying it again. But well, I didn't go to Edinburgh, so that might be the reason. I think that's exactly. It. I mean, we were talking about this backstage, but uh, Edinburgh is possibly the, the the darkest that I feel emotionally. It, it, it's just it's such a a pressure cooker, and there's so much. You know, you 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 know the the, the you know you worry about numbers and you worry about reviews and. And it's really the only time of the day that, that you feel any level of calm is the hour of the day when you're doing the show because that's the job. That's the work. Yeah. Everything else, the other 23 hours, is just the anxiety. And this year, I really... I mean, I had a really good Edinburgh this year and I was more strung out than I've ever... To the point where I couldn't even enjoy the success because I was so worn down emotionally by all the, the worry and the concern. And, you know, I've had Edinburghs that haven't gone well... And those take their toll on you emotionally. Like that's something that there was. I've read this year that there's, there's a support group for for comedians in Edinburgh because it's such a problem with comedians falling apart and getting depression. And you know they actually have like you know you can you can go and see someone and you can talk about how you're feeling because you get to go on stage every night going ah, hello everyone here's my show and it can it can start to sort of fuck with you a little bit. No, definitely. I mean, it does, well, it does because, and also, the more competition there is, the more difficult it is, and the, and then you're vying against other people. You can't help comparing yourself to other people. Yeah. You can't. Wor- you're worrying about the money. Yeah. Uh, you're worrying about your career. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's it's, a, it's a difficult. I'm not surprised. I'm sort of surprised that everyone gets through it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I sort of am surprised there aren't five or six people a year who just go, oh yeah, they didn't. They didn't make it back. <laughs> <laughs> but there are, there are sort of uh, like uh, stories that I have heard of people who have just abandoned the run because mm. they're having such a bad time that they've just gone, oh, fuck this. And they've just, you know, just left, you yeah. know, just kind of cut their losses. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's a, that, that's a pretty devastating thing to go through. It's such a huge... Like when people arrive in Edinburgh and the Edinburgh guide is like that big and they're going, who am I going to go and see? I'll see that person on telly. Yeah. You know, it just it, it does make it, you know, especially for younger people coming through to get their head above the rest of the group. It's really it's it's tough. It is, but then maybe it's good in the way that um, Edinburgh will become about going and getting better at what you're doing. Rather yes, than, so, absolutely. You know, so as long as but if people see it like that, but yeah. I don't think people see it like that. Yeah. So I think people still go thinking, oh, you know, this <laughs> this is the year and I'll be discovered. We had Louisa Armeland on the other week who that kind of happened to. You know, yeah. she went to Edinburgh and got discovered in Edinburgh more yeah. or less, which hard, but it hardly ever happens. Yeah. Uh, so it's I think if you can go there going, I'll become a better comedian and I'll see this as a yeah. 20-year progression 
rather than what's going to happen in the next three years. But it's very difficult to do that. I'm sure I didn't think that when I started, but was, now I'm was forced to. Was she depressing to. at all? Did she talk about atomic bombs and cancer? <laughs> no, and she was very, she was very she was upbeat. Yeah. She'd be upbeat. <laughs> a lot of laughs. Yeah. Everyone had a good time. To be fair, I've talked about cancer and atomic bombs. You did bring it up. I, I up. went with it happily. Yeah. <laughs> I happily joined in. You're from Australia. I am from Australia. <laughs> just, just I can realized. almost hear the edit points. <laughs> Hear the join in the, in the digital film. What's that like? It's hot. Yeah. It's fucking hot. Yeah. It's really it's a lot of space. Yeah. Um, got um, got marsupials that you don't have here. Yeah. I've uh, got um, Paul Hogan. He's <laughs> he's Australian. Um, <clears throat> Dame Edna. She's yeah. Australian. Yeah. A lot of Australians have done very well internationally. Uh, they have, yeah. There's Hugh a lot Jackman, he's uh, Australian. Jim uh, from John Robinson from Neighbours. Jim Jim Morrison, Jim he was Australian. Jim Morrison's Australian. Yeah. From the Doors. Yeah. He was Australian. Twenty-eight years old, he was. He was died <laughs> when he died. Or twenty-seven, maybe. I I like writing about growing up in Australia, though. Yeah. I, for me, that's and my la- the shows that I do know about being a teenager in Australia, and I love that kind of. Because there is that sort of, you know, sunshine, teenagers, happy-go-lucky shit. But it was a very, there was a very dark underbelly to it. Like, there is that sort of... Because um, it was this, this beach culture that I grew up in. And there was just a huge amount of drug abuse. <laughs> uh, and, you know, and it, it, the sort of place where, you know, if, if you didn't fit in, you really didn't fit in. And it's great to write about that. You know, outsiders are so much more interesting in that kind of, yeah. that kind of setting. So I, I find myself kind of writing more and more about Australia kind of around the late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. Because I do think, there, you know, from what I gather, Neighbours and Home and Away was pretty much the, the way in for most audience members back in that time. Yeah. So I really, you know, for me that's a really, uh, it's, a, it's good to write about it. And also I think people do have that expectation that it's going to be like, oh, oh g'day mate, hey young. <laughs> and you go, no, actually these terrible things were also happening. So, so you came from a place called Newcastle. Newcastle. mining. It is, it's a shithole. Right. And we named it after your shithole here. <laughs> which is how they named the places in Australia. Yeah. They had a list of shitholes. <laughs> and if they arrived somewhere and went, this is a shithole, then they'd <laughs> refer to the list. <laughs> we call it Newcastle. Newcastle's got very nice, that one. Is it nice yeah, now? Yeah, ours, ours is very nice now. Well, so is ours. It's all gentrified. Yeah. yeah. It's really gentrified in Newcastle. Yeah, all right. It's not a competition. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. is Surely it? it is between two Mine places. Mine the same. Mine's got Surfest. It's got a surfing competition. It yeah. produces the best surfers in the world. What does Newcastle, England produce? Um, what is it? Ant and Dec. No, you cannot get answers from them. Because <laughs> they're on your side and they're going to try to help you out. They've got, it's got um, a, it's like an opera house thing. It's got some art in it. It's got a bridge that goes like that. I've seen the bridge. Yeah, it it looks like a bit like the, the Harbour Bridge. <laughs> it does. Gee, it's got a little opera house, a bit like the Sydney Opera House. Yeah. It's nice there now, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's nice. Ours had a huge heroin problem back in the 80s because all, all the mines were shutting down. Like, it happened to yeah, it, yours. It is. <laughs> Do you not think you should have called it New Newcastle? <laughs> I think it would have been confusing for people. Yeah. To call it New Newcastle. You should have called yours Castle. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We'll look into that. Uh, If you had to choose between going on a date... Mm -hmm. Imagine your your husband, Henry, has died. (laughs) Or just left. Would you you prefer it 
If he died or if he left d- Which me. would you prefer? Would you prefer him to die or to leave you for someone else? Which would you prefer? I'd prefer he died. Okay. <laughs> so he's died. Very sad. But you're taking a couple of years to get over it and you're back dating again. Not like my grandmother. She moved on instantly. <laughs> Uh, and you, you have a choice between dating a six-foot-tall penis. Yep. It's a man, but he's a, just a penis. He's just a he's got penis. A face, <laughs> he's got a face and a penis. Inside the helmet. Yeah, in the helmet. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or a man who, instead of a penis, has a tiny man. <laughs> Which of those two would you prefer to date? <laughs> no, hang on. There's a penis... One's it's a, a penis. gigantic penis. He's six foot tall, but he's just a penis. He just hasn't got balls. He just slithers around um, like a slug. Leaves a trail of <laughs> semen. Yeah. No, because the semen would come out the other end. So just, Not if he's hemorrhaging at the base. He's constantly hemorrhaging semen, semen at the base. The semen has base. to come from somewhere. Yeah. Well, it does. <laughs> yeah. Man's not a camel. <laughs> he might wear like a false suit of shoulders on it to make it look like he was. <laughs> Shoulder pads like in a caftan. Because yeah. the caftan would cover like nine eight. Nine, but then the man who's got a tiny man, it's just the tiny man standing. Hang on, a man who's got a man. There, he hasn't got a penis, it's a ma- tiny man there. It's him? No, it's another man. <laughs> another man with a distinct personality. Right. But who crucially doesn't need to breathe through his mouth because he's still connected to the blood supply like a baby. of the larger man. Yeah. So he gets the nutrients yeah. that the larger he man does. So through the umbilical cord. So if you're worried about if you were having sex with him that he would suffocate, don't worry, he'll be fine. <laughs> that would be my first concern yeah. <laughs> if I was having sex with a miniature man. I'd think, oh, what if he suffocates? I'm glad that you're a kind person. I knew you would... What, is, what does the... It, does the little man talk? Yeah. So he has thoughts talks. and feelings. and yeah, He's got yeah, a brain. He's a sentient <laughs> being. Yeah, of course. What is this? He's <laughs> like a vegetable oh, tiny is he, penis. Is he attached at the feet or the head? He's <laughs> like, is, is he t- two feet coming out to a head? Or is he the head that t- come out to two his, feet? Of course, his feet are attached to the... His feet are yeah, attached. Yeah. That would be cruel. <laughs> The feet are attached with... Although, I mean, it'd be quite nice. I suppose if it was the other way round and you're having sex with him, you're like, he was in a little bed and the sheets were being pulled up and down. <laughs> it'd be just like that. Yeah. You'd hold on like that. To my vagina? <laughs> yes. But that's, that doesn't make sense, because you're suggesting <laughs> that his feet have the sensitivity of the head of an erect penis. Well, they would do it in your version, that's what I'm saying. I've never thought, I've never thought of him that so way. So his entire me, body has the sensitivity of a penis. Well, for me, he, he's the other way around, and his head is the head of the penis. Right, but that is like, that would be the sensitivity. I think that would probably be the most... Or he's just a man, and he's not sensitive at all. Yeah, okay. But he functions in the same way a penis does. Yeah. Right. Well, I would... Probably. <laughs> Do I have to have sex with the six foot tall? No, it's a date. Whether you're on a date, going, just oh, just going out. Yeah, you're going out, and then you'll see. And if it goes we'll, well, see if things if things go well. <laughs> yeah. Does he also have a penis? The penis doesn't have a penis. He is so a he's penis. Just a penis. Yeah, so he doesn't, he doesn't have need a penis. a penis. He is a penis. Oh. I mean, he's, he's a big penis. 
You'd have to find different ways See, to See, now you're going him. down this weird road of, but you'd like to have sex with that, a six-foot-tall penis. You wouldn't be able to have sex with it. No, it would No. I, I would probably go out with the man with the penis attached to... No, the man penis. Yeah, everyone chooses him. I, I feel sorry everyone for Everyone chooses him. Yeah, I feel sorry for the big penis man. You'd have to give him, you'd have to give him like an arm job. You'd be like that. <laughs> That'd be the only way he'd be, be able to satisfy him. To, yeah. And we've already established that hand jobs yeah. are a bit. Ugh. Yeah, but for so him, they're the best he'd be he's like, get. That's an arm job. Unless you could stick, stick something down the blowhole. Some guys like that. That would be really Right, guys, look into the front row here. Am I right, fellas? Yeah. Some guys that's like That's such a, little... a great moment to do it, am I right? <laughs> Some people like having things shoved down the eye of their penis, am I right? <laughs> Right, guys? I don't know why we've ended up talking about penises We so always much. end up I in a place know, that we know, shouldn't end up. I don't up. know That's why the... that has happened. There were so much other things to talk to you about. Um, uh, do go and see uh, Sarah's shows. Is that uh, it? I don't think I've, I've done very well. I think you've done it. You've got red hair. I uh, so <laughs> I met a guy backstage That's... who had red hair and we did yeah. the whole we must be brothers yeah. thing. <laughs> brothers and sisters. <laughs> You did a funny routine about, about guys who go, I've got a thing for redheads, that's why I wrote it. I didn't write that down to remind myself. Oh, is that Remember for me to wedge in some material? No, I, just, I was just watching your... Go and watch uh, it's there on YouTube. It's very funny stuff. And that's a funny bit where you go, it's like oh, a yeah. fetish. That's an old joke. I, yeah. It's a good joke. It's a good joke. Yeah. That's why I, just, I wrote down yeah. red hair as I was doing that. Yeah. But that makes it look like, you know... I'll do it rem- now. Rem- Let's okay, do it now. Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon it's definitely going to work well. That can surprise you, though. Yeah, the weird thing... Oh, that sounds like such a bad piece of... The weird thing about uh, being a redhead is that... Um, I don't remember how it goes. How does it go? You do it. Do my um, Okay. I don't do that! That's my impression of you. That's it's me. my impression of you doing your impression of Nicole Kidman. I'll do it for them. Okay. It'd be funny. You didn't say, oh, just sat on my water bottle, but it's okay, there's nothing in it. Oh. Um, it's like a fetish. I can't remember it. It's very funny. Look it up on YouTube. I'll tell you what, we'll cut the bit from YouTube into this now <laughs> to make it look like you did it yeah. literally here. And then uh, you can cut no back one... to everyone laughing. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, cut, we'll cut to the audience on the YouTube clip laughing. Yeah. And then we might use that audience for, the, for all of this. <laughs> Can you please have some really jumpy edit points where we've, we've talked about something that everyone's gone, oh, that's a bit sad, and then like just cut to laughter, like just really big laugh. I think it's been a very funny podcast. I've Has enjoyed, it? Yeah, I've really enjoyed it. Have you? You've been really I don't good. know. You've been really good. I'm not going to ask them just in case they disagree. Don't. <laughs> if I go, right, everyone will go, no. Am I right? That guy, that guy goes, no. Trash talk beehive too much. Now I'm going back. <laughs> I did going that. Through. You did. That's I did true. that. No, you're fine. You were, it was good. Beehive was good. It's not coming back, Sarah. Don't worry. You can trash it. You can trash it as much it's as you very want. Hard. It's very hard to oh. to because you know everyone. That's the thing. If you do, and like if you do a show that doesn't work well, everybody who's worked on it has worked really hard. Yeah, so then when you come in and go, oh yeah, that was a bit of a fuck up. It's really disrespectful. I like it's not you. It's me. 
but like to the people who you know really were working hard on it. So I feel like I was a bit of a dick because I you were fine and they don't care. They've moved. No on. one gives they, a fuck. They've moved on to other stuff. I know, but do you know? Do you ever feel like when you sort yeah. of go, well, actually, everyone involved in that did care and worked hard, and everyone was getting up early and stuff, and it didn't work out, but. I don't know, I always think uh, actors who trash talk bad movies, I think, oh, fuck off. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I think I do, yeah. So many people were involved in that from the scriptwriter onwards. Like, for you to go, oh, yeah, that was fucked. Just because <laughs> it didn't shower you with glory. <laughs> Here we go, I'm a fucking laugh a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, we uh, have to wrap up. <laughs> You had a chance to do a joke at the end and you ruined I'll do it. My, <laughs> no, I don't mind a Cole Kidman face. That'll okay, you know, that, that'll rescue it. Uh, that'll Nicole. rescue everything. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think the fact that I've had okay. to tell them it's Nicole Kidman okay, it's before your I do the impression. Okay. All right. All right. <clears throat> oh, turn around first. Yeah. <laughs> Look at that. That was a spontaneous round of applause. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Sarah Kendall! There you go. We'll be back in the back. Have a quick drink and we'll go for all that. How'd you like them sky potatoes? <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Thanks for listening. RichardHerring.com slash gigs. GoFasterStripe.com for all my books, downloads, all that sort of shizzle. Oh, yeah, I know all the cool words. And um, would love to see you on the, on the Can I Have My Ball Back tour if you can make it. Bye.